This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard, and alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Uh, good day, everybody. Oh, mate, it is magic week. Are you excited? Spring in the step, mate. Spring in the step. I'm oh, pumped. I am. I cannot wait. Uh, recording a day earlier. I've got some things going on during the week, but we're ready to go for Friday. Um, meet up. All the details will be on the Patreon website, patreon.com forward slash rookies or the Discord. As long as you are a Patreon subscriber, you're more than welcome to come. You can join tomorrow and still come. You can join on, you can join on Friday afternoon and still come on Saturday. That's 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 our offer to you. You won't get a better deal than that. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but yeah, we're we're pumped. Obviously, a little bit of a shame that some of the luster of the main event of Saturday night's been taken out by a big injury in one game and a weird result in another. But still, very hyped for everything that we're going to be be looking at and watching on across three magic filled days: rain, hail, or shine. Yeah, I can't, uh, mate. I can't wait. Obviously, you know, it's it's like we're all in our 30s. It's like millennial Christmas. Yeah. Then we'll have like free Christmas. We all get to meet up. We don't see our mates as much as often or, inter- or interstate. So it'll be good fun. So can't wait to get there. I don't give a shit that Pappenhausen's out because I've got oh, to, I don't care either. I'm just, I've got to yeah. be under the, I've, I've a few views. I plan on being able to see the game, hopefully, but yeah. like, I won't care enough at the night that he's not there. Like, I, won't, I, I hope you're out. drunk enough that at some point you just abuse Pappenhausen anyway, forgetting he's not playing. That's like two beers. I don't even do it. Like no beers That's at the fair. footy, right? There's no rules at the footy, right? You know, this we abuse. I was oh, abusing Pangai uh, sh- in round two. Sh- <laughs> shout out, shout out to Poppy Bungard at uh, we had a Mother's Day thing yesterday and we we're watching Sharks Warriors. And he said, That two of us a Sheck hasn't done much this year, Matthew. I was like, Yes, he doesn't play in the NRL anymore. What? You're right, you're right, Pop. You're right. <laughs> he wasn't wrong. He wasn't yeah. wrong. And anonymous does, this it, year. does he write for the Daily Telegraph? <laughs> <laughs> The same level in oh geez, he's he's all right. Oh, he can't yeah. tackle, etc. He hasn't played much much this year, has he? Like, <laughs> oh, it absolutely sent me and cousin Jack. We just started laughing. We're like, Pop, he plays rugby union now. He's like, Yeah, joke it. No. Uh, <laughs> There's another rugby, he says. <laughs> yeah. He thought the send-off was fine though, so he's ahead of most of the talking well, heads in the game. No, to be honest, everyone Actually, like, yeah, that was a everyone funny one. That send-up, yeah. like, like I liked on the call when it happened, Brandy was like, Yeah, that's been a send-off for like 40 years. It's like, yes, everyone agrees. Perfect. Yeah, it was really bad. All right, we'll get there later. But the point is, Magic Round, this week, uh, we will be going up. As I said, we're doing a little meetup. There's some money on the bar. There's a venue confirmed. Uh, but if you want to be there, you have to be a member of our Patreon subscription service. Go to patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. Not only that, you also get access to our Discord server. Uh, mate, the, the punting tips have been flying lately. Like If you, oh, if you just join, you, you'd be making a profit. No, no, they've been basketball ones have been terrible. We have had some good they ones. They won't know though. that. Just lie. Yeah, hey, no, no, basketball's been really good for the playoffs. Couple of decent winners, but mate, there's someone's in there. We're not going to reveal, but there's someone's got got a greyhound that that does well. I'm not really supporting greyhounds unless it's making me money. So now I am. Well, I'm not supporting them uh, at all. But yeah, um, there you go. Yeah, and, yeah. No, there's a there's always some fun uh, NRL same game multis. I do feel like um. I feel like the bookie should probably ban betting on Storm any time try scorers. Just they should just so, ban that. They like, should, yeah. It <laughs> they, can't be bit... money, they can't be making money in those games. Like I've seen oh, some of the look, dumbest multis they're, it's up a, in the it, store. They're, this year. they're lost leaders, mate. They are. Like you know, like last year there was all these dumb multis, but by, by halfway through the season, and the season, 
the ones I was seeing, because again, I don't really follow the NRL betting odds because I can't bet on it, but I remember seeing like, you know, some first, anytime Trosco was like down to like a dollar fifty. Yeah, because so like you could would, make like these audacious yeah. multis and hit them every week because there was just nine or ten guys scoring tries for the winning but, team. Was, but then I've seen some people hit some audacious ones with the storm odds being kind of normal this year, you know, like for any time try scorers is a hundred dollar multi. It's like what the hell? But yeah, every the, week someone gets a big one. Do you reckon the bookies had any influence on the rules getting peeled back? Because I reckon they probably got flogged a bit last year. I don't know, but I, I do have a have a, a friend who's like prof- like a professional gambler. You know, those people are like he's just a yeah, trader yeah. essentially. Like they don't as you'd know this, those guys don't really care too much about who wins, it's about the better they're finding odds. So um what he what he had done like he loved last year. Like he loved yeah. it as a because like because those are the guys like every other idiot doesn't want a dollar twenty value. If you can get a dude like if a dude can hit thirteen plus at like a dollar eighty for the first half of the year before the book is really adjusted, he was you know ten grand whatever kind of bets. Like I was loving it. I don't want his besties yeah. ever. Whereas like the average punter doesn't really want to put twenty bucks or ten bucks down on a dollar twenty or thirty favorite whatever, you know. Yeah. It, but last year, as you said, book. I don't know if that had influence, mate, but. Probably wasn't a great year for the books in the NRL. In general, they have many and many great years, so I'm not going to feel sorry for no bookies. That's <laughs> no. for sure. No, fair enough. Um, yeah. But yeah, so as I said, and there's plenty of other reasons to become a patron as well. Uh, and a quick shout out to the people in the top two tiers of our subscription service. And they are Chris Abnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Wayne Ritchie, Anthony Anger, Ben Wallace, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Dan Clannan, Doc Hogg, and anonymous backer, Frankie, uh, Jace Felix Farnworth. James K, Jason, Jez, Joel Wrigley, Joey Gooch, Josh Brandon, Josh Dominic, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Ferguson, Matty Jenkins, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, my ding dong is hard and I am sad, never trendy, party keg, Pete Fulcher, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Schneiderfield scores, Seymour Buttsimo, Stephen Hickey, Swarzy, Ty, TV, the black vegetable, the not so mature age student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Woz. Thank you so much for your support to everyone in the lower tiers and everyone who just listens. Thank you as well. I'm assuming... That's Jace G has just become Jace Felix Farnsworth. Well, yeah, I feel like as a as a man who loves Herbert Felix Farnsworth myself, I've I've he was going to be what I renamed my Twitter account to, but I never oh. did it because he's probably going to leave. So that's luckily in Patreon, it's a little less attached. But mm. you know, he uh, that's there's a bit of I, re- I don't know if we'll keep him. I don't know if we've got much chance. He's a good player, but uh, yeah, but he's literally like the only other- good out. Yeah, well, sorry. no. Well, he's like the only outside back right now that's any good that's not signed up for next year. So, like, I don't know why the Titans haven't signed him yet. Oh, the Titans, yeah. the Dolphins haven't signed Dolphins. him yet. Yeah, and his value keeps like he keeps playing well every week, and we keep winning, so it doesn't help. And Brisbane players are always because they're always on free to air. They always get attention from the media in general. So, um, interesting. I think the reason why the Dolphins haven't signed him yet is because he hasn't signed with the Dolphins. You know, like it's. We're taking a, a detour here, but there was a couple of articles this week now, which are like those classic ones that someone's leaked and someone's leaked to the journos. Like one of them was about how the Dolphins don't think they think they should have another year. You know, too late now, yeah. but they need another year. And the other article was about the NRL not being impressed with the Dolphins so far. Like, I mean, if only we could find out who's responsible, Bungard, for putting the Dolphins in next year. If we could find them, everyone's trying to find the guy who's. <laughs> Better all are just displeased that they haven't signed all these players by next year. How have we yeah. not made a meme of the Tim Robinson in the hot dog with Volandi's face yet? I mean, this probably happened for many things, but I just, yeah. So that's probably part of why. If you're Herbie, right, it's, I don't think they've, they're probably offering the most money to the Dolphins, but I'm not sure if it's like t- so far ahead of other money that you're like, you know what? 
fuck that no one else has signed there. I think that's been their problem so far. Hey, like, what's 100K if there's no other good players with you? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's it, a very good point. Like, you're wasting a year of your career, more or less. Yeah, exactly. Um, we should talk about the stupid Magic Round chat leaving Brisbane because it feels yes. inevitable. Okay, it's... Look, I need... I don't want to upset anyone, but I will say this. I think that 100% of the criticism of Magic Round, like people saying, oh, it should move X, it should move Y, 100% of this, and I, 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 I think I can confidently say that. I don't know. I can't verify it, but I, I'm going to say 100% is people who've never gone. All of it. Because if you've gone to Magic Round, be it the first time, be it the second time, be it this upcoming third time, if you've gone to a Magic Round at Brisbane and enjoyed Suncorp Stadium in its glory and all of Caxton Street's fine amenities, as well as everything else that's around that area, you would not want to move this. It is perfect where it is. There's plenty of great things that happen in just Wales every year. We get the grand final every year. We get an orange game every year. There is absolutely no way in the world. Right, first of all, the idea of having this at Homebush, where there's literally, not figuratively, literally two pubs outside. The sports bar is actually all right. The other one is fucking dreadful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no, like, re- like not really any restaurants or anything. Like, that's a pretty... Th- they've had 20 years to fix that place up, dude, and it's still, like, a relatively dead precinct. That would be a disaster. Parramatta, the stadium, is a good, what, 10, 15 minutes walk from the main street of, like, Parramatta, where all the shops and bars are. 15 minutes, probably. Well, it's a d- decent walk. Regardless, also, the stadium's too small. And then you've got the Newmore Park, which, stadium-wise, would probably be amazing. But again, you've got... You've got a couple of bars at like the Fox sports, the Fox studios, like entertainment quarter bit. And then other than that, you'd have to go back down like the hill, like towards sorry Hills, like where like all those places are on crown street and then down what's the one with the hill for Vaux street. Yeah. So it's like none of those places are suited. All the to... glorious Eastern suburbs, Ramwick, Kensington. Oh yeah. That's so close. The, um, the light rail's the... there now though. So that's that, all right. I mean, yeah, yeah. Right. Cause but like, yeah, that's the point, right? None of these places are suited. And even if they were, it's just nice to have this thing every year. Yeah. That's at the same place. Everyone knows how good it's going to be because it's in a great place and and it's just set up perfectly for this to succeed. This, I just really don't think it works anywhere else. To, like, to be honest with you, yeah. I really don't. It's just very classic of what's happening right now in rugby league is that they've had this, they've hit this great thing and it's been awesome and they can't just accept that's what it is. Like, it can't just be this. Now it's going to be something else. And it's obviously there's more at play than just where it's best because how it started is the Queensland government paid lots of money for it. You know, that's what starts these things. And I understand if another government outbids Queensland and there's more money, it's going to move. But me and you are not talking about it like that because that's boring as batshit, <laughs> you know? Uh, Sydney, the one I find so funny is that people who have been there, like weird people, Sydney fans, or people from Sydney in general who get angry at other states getting stuff. Like we've, I've lived here for my, my whole adult life. You've lived here your whole life. I never get jealous of other cities getting something because they never get shit. I like going shit. to other places. But they don't, but like people never get shit in other cities. And yeah, you know, there's all, like you could make a magic round in Sydney by accident. You can have yeah. all the games in Sydney by, on a weekend. But as you said, there's not facilities like Suncorp. The biggest, like Bank West, for example, if you want to make it around Parramatta, the stadiums are big enough. You know, Melbourne could host it, but why would you do it in Melbourne? Seems nice. I mean, to be honest, I don't think they'd be like Melbourne would allow, allow them to do it because they would never like get rid of like AFL is not going to have like they're going to have games on that weekend, you know? 
Yeah. So, but yeah. And then, okay, fine. Auckland. I've been to the stadium once. I don't, can't speak enough about it, but like you do, I don't see why we have to move it from Suncorp to have games go elsewhere. If you get me, like you could do a Sydney magic round, honestly, by without even like just call it another yeah. one. Just call it Sydney magic round. You can just do another one. Cause it wouldn't take anyone giving up home games. Yeah. What's that line? What's that line from The Good Place where Ted Dance is like, there's something so human about having something great and ruining it a little so you can have more of it? I know we're not having more of it, but there is something very, very rugby league about taking something that's perfect as a concept and wanting to change it for no fucking reason. Yeah. It's everything, Matt. We love doing that with everything. It's like, this is great. Only been around a short time, too. That's the weird thing. It's only been around a little bit of time. We're talking about moving it. Palaszczuk saying she's obviously going to bid to keep it. But it's just as you said, it's okay for other states to have things. Even if you haven't been, People are screaming. I find people screaming for it to come to Sydney. It cost doesn't cost that much to go to Brisbane. If you haven't gone already, you don't give a shit enough. You know, if you haven't found a way to get there, you don't give a shit enough. And it comes to Sydney. I don't back you to go to all three days of anyway. Be here. And like I live right near the stadium now. If it was in Moore Park, I could walk to all that and I still don't want it here. Yeah. I mean, it'd be great for you. <laughs> like, yeah. I can walk there now. Well, me but, as well. It'd take me, yeah. what, 15 minutes to get there. Like, but that's that, not what it is. Like, but I don't, it's, just, what, it's not exciting. Well, I miss, like, we, okay, everyone in Sydney has been to these stadiums. And I also feel like people, when, if you live in Sydney and you go to stadiums here and you haven't been to another stadium in a while. Mm. So I know I had it happen last year or everyone off the management, some people mentioned me, shit, that was great. Like, that's what live sports feels like not in Sydney. Like, I'm not even just saying in Brisbane, like overseas, right? When you go to live sports, there's an event feeling around the game. Sydney never has that feeling. Sydney, you want to go to games. Like, I went to the game and I went home. Yeah. You know, it, but Brisbane, that Caxton Street and around the stadium, they capture the feeling of what you get. I've had in, in international sporting cities going to international events. Yes, same. And I have the same feeling when I've been in games in Melbourne sometimes too that it felt like there was an event on. Everyone was there for that. All the pubs were in on it. It was crap. You know, it was great. Yeah, Sydney hasn't got that because there's you, a two kilometer wasteland between any of the stadiums and any, any CBD or city area. And the other part of that is we're so divided. Like even in like what should be rugby league heartland, there's fucking AFL and rugby union pubs dotted all over the place. You can go to one of those, there's a couple of those pubs that are within literally a stone's throw of the SFS while there's an NRL game on. And uh, if you go there to watch, you know, you go there to try and watch the first game of the afternoon and have a beer beforehand. They might be showing the fucking AFL. And yeah. like, and that's nothing wrong with AFL. If you watch that sport, that's your perversion. But like, uh, that's not the case in Queensland. That's never, we are not, hypothetically, if we, we, if we wanted to spend, instead of going to the three o'clock game on the Saturday in Magic Round, if we were having a good time at the pub at 2.45 and we said, look, maybe we'll just watch the first half at the pub. The vibes are good. We're having a good time. We'll go to the stadium at halftime. Perfectly reasonable scenario to envision. Mm-hmm. If we want to do that, we could do that. There's no chance that the pubs on Caxton Street are going to be showing like Carlton versus Fremantle instead of yeah. South vs Warriors. No chance. There is, yeah, there'd be pubs around here. Again, I used to work at Entertainment Quarter next to the stadium, and half the time the pubs there didn't even know there was events on. They didn't mm. care, you know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just one of those. I, I can't get my head around people who just can't conceptualize it further than like it should be in Sydney if you get me. They don't get it. It's the 
it's the exact same. It's the exact reverse of the suburban grounds thing where everyone who says, oh, suburban grounds are great. We should have more of them are not the people who go to the games at these shitty suburban grounds. It's the exact reverse of that here where everyone who's saying, oh, we should move magic around here. We should move it there. They just haven't been to one of these. Because like, yeah. seriously, if you're listening to this, if you've been to a magic round and you think it's a good idea to move, please reach out because I'd love to speak to you and study how your brain works. Because like, it's not even just the footy. Like, We didn't even watch all eight games last year. It's just like the social aspect. Like, We're going away. It's fun. You see all your friends. It's a big event on the calendar. Everyone gets around it, especially last year when it was pretty much like the only week where COVID didn't ruin our lives, mm-hmm. which is just bizarrely good timing in hindsight. But it's just fun. It's just fun to go somewhere else and experience an event. It's the same reason. Like, It's fun to go to the Australian Open. Cause you go to Melbourne and like, you know, you're in another city and it's fun. F1. It's fun. All these things. It's fun to go other places and experience things. Yeah. And as you said with Brisbane, like that's a rugby league city all year round. And I'm not trying to talk out of my ass. If you go to Brisbane in February, you will see Broncos flags and advertising through the city. It'd be there. It was there this year. It's there every year, but you go magic round. It feels, it's just like, it feels like you're in a city celebrating a sporting event. It's very different to what Sydney feels like when things are on. I mean, not, not as good as a comparison, but you know, when I was in Green Bay for the Packers game, like that city only exists for that team, pretty much. Wouldn't be there anymore without the team being there. But like the entire city stops for a game, you know. And it's same thing when you go when I was in LA when I went to the Rams game. Not LA stops, but the area of LA I went to, the entire area stops, and it feels like you've entered like a little sporting world kind of thing, you know. That happens at Magic Round. You feel like you've entered this couple of kilometer block of like, this is where rugby league exists this weekend. This is the world I'm in for the weekend. There's nothing else here. Yeah. And you, I don't know where you could possibly capture that feeling in Sydney. You can't. This is the simple answer. You could do it at Leichhardt Oval and we could all cram into the Orange Grove. Actually, don't. I won't even put that words out there because some some boomer is just jacking off to the thought of that right now. (laughs) <laughs> all right <laughs> all right um magic round it's good uh we'll see a lot of you this weekend who are listening to this i'm very excited mm-hmm. um okay there was some rugby league last week though um i was under the impression that if we did a bonus pod i wouldn't have to then talk about the game again no you do because ah. not everyone heard you mate not well they should it. fucking pay up then shouldn't they <laughs> anyway south 12 brisbane 32 oh. uh i am officially hitting the panic button as Mitch takes a big victory sip of his diet soda, um, I'm worried. I'm officially, genuinely worried. We look completely lost. Cody Walker, I'm officially worried. Um, there's like three players right now I'm not worried about. The rest yeah, is, is very bad. We're going through all the stage, the 12 steps, as you know. No, we're at, and, we're at, uh, we're at acceptance already. We've already But there. yeah, no, we, we, we went through them real quick in the last couple of weeks because there was yeah. obviously a bit of a period on the draw that you can reason away the first couple of rounds. You know, Bargaining was when I looked at the draw after the um That's it. after the what was the we played Penrith Roosters yeah after the Penrith game I think bargaining and then we're at acceptance already. They're so bad at holding the ball. It's yeah, ridiculous. I can't explain it. They're so bad at holding the ball, and Jason Demetri has been pretty good in press conferences. I didn't like in this game after the game again. He still reasoned it away with like, oh, you know. We made mistakes. We bombed three tries. And then, you know, the Broncos scored two tries off kicks and a try off an intercept. And let's be real. That wasn't an intercept try. Yes, it was technically intercept. It was two idiots fuck knuckling a play and it just threw into, threw into Cobo's hands. You know, it was like he didn't run out of line for intercept or gamble. You just threw it to him and then he ran the field. Like 
but the thing is about those bomb tries or whatever, you can reason that away for a little bit of time. But you know the teams that complain about bomb tries after 10 weeks of the season are the bad football teams. Oh, like, are we the baddies? Like the, when Brisbane was stuck, we hit bomb and tries for the last three years, mate, because we suck. That's what bad mm. teams do. We're not and good. You're not. And that's, I still think know, we'll make the finals probably because the, t- the league is so uh, bad. But the trail will be a massive change still, obviously. He doesn't I honestly everything. think we're six and two or seven and one if he had played every game, which is crazy given how bad we've been. But oh, the, I think the, we win. I think thing. we definitely win. I think we absolutely win round one and we win the Tigers game if he plays in those games. So I yeah. don't know. I mean, but, Blake Taff has been invisible and obviously he had that Wayne Bennett bump last year. And also you can a couple of weeks guys can play all right, but he's been real average. Uh, and then like Walker and Damian Cook have been the real disappointments. Ilias, again, we've been over him. He's been okay. Good signs, bad signs, but like he's not supposed to really be in charge of anything, you know, like not really his team to run around the park. He's going to make rookie mistakes. And you see so often in these games where like Walker or Walker just leaves him out at sea. Like Walker just go just disappears for like five sets. Okay. You know, or it's like last tackle and whatever. You sort it out, Lachlan, leave it to him. And the kicking game on Friday, the difference between those two, that was the biggest gap in the in the game. Like Reynolds was constantly putting kicks, landing on your goal line or under pressure, Taff or now they call him Taff. Drop one, uh, like that led to a try. There was a couple that we dropped in the in goal over jumping your guys, as opposed to the other end. It was the least pressure the Broncos back rebound under all year. Like, and that's just it was terrible execution there. And whilst Latrell can fix some of your attacking execution, finishing your sets that poorly, it's like, yeah, I don't know how that's going to change. Yeah, I, th- I actually am not worried about them defensively. Like, Adam Reynolds toyed with a, like, I mean, a very unprepared Blake Torf. But mm. I think defensively, they still haven't been that bad. There really hasn't been any games where they've been terrible defensively, but their sets are yeah. so terrible. This the is the most points you can see this year, huh? This game. Yeah, exactly. And again, I know it wasn't an intercept in inverted commas, but you know there was a lot of a lot, lot of points came from misjudging kicks and throwing a ball on the ground. So I mean, it is what yeah. it is. But like, the attack is just so bad. Are they still they're still second in the league and play the balls inside the opposition twenty, right? Yeah. I think they had close to 50, if not more than 50 in this game. And they their two tries both came off scrum plays. Like it's it's really, it's just so bad. It's so disjointed. There's no shape. There's no sort of crispness to that ball movement when it goes along the back line. Isaiah Tars is not the guy. I mean, I don't, I, I, is he, is he, maybe does he have some sort of like pact with the devil or something that like he, he loses his soul if he passes to Alex Johnson or something because like <laughs> yes. that dude just dies with the ball every time he gets it it's somehow even worse than it was with Paulo or Tane Milne there uh, who was also awful on the right wing by the way um, he's I don't a know what dude, to... Tane Milne very strange giving it the big ones to Corey Oates when he was losing after scoring a try I was like yeah, yeah. okay um, but yeah there's I mean apart from you got Graham and Graham Johnston when he's back Mitchell are fine. There's still mm. two very big holes in that back line. And I'm They're not giant. looking I'm not looking at anyone that's there at the moment that can fill them. And and how have we got to a point now where I'm literally looking at Cody Nicarima as a potential <laughs> savior of the Rabbitoh season. Terrible mate. Like Ilias, what does he get spelled for a few weeks or Nicarima's 14? I don't know what happens there. But yeah, mate, like that two holes in the back line. They've already tried most of the things out. 
and they haven't got a lot of depth. And those guys, like there's a lot, just those guys that aren't your best seven or eight players, this, have really taken a step back this year. A lot of those other other players in that team, uh, but like I don't I don't know what they do in the in the back line. As you, like as you said, there's Cara, what Carapani and Colo Colo or similar, like young guys who maybe come in in a few rounds, but probably not. Like to just deal with those guys being shit. I guess. I mean, I'm, <laughs> am I, is it a bigger Tigers fan feels like? I'm just putting all my belief in like young guys I've never even seen play. I'm like, oh yeah, Colo, yeah. Colo, he's gonna fix everything. He's gonna fix Fantastic. it all. Yeah, yeah, mate. Meanwhile, we've got we put like it's bizarre that the Broncos have backs in reserve grade that would walk into your side. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's not it's not great. And some of those like Isaiah Tassi makes doesn't make as many mistakes as Milne and Paulo were on that edge, which is probably why he's in there right now. But as you said, mate, it's just like he's not very good. The the there's the plays die every time he gets the ball. Yes. And the, and this is the thing about those all those bomb tries. Yeah, bad players make mistakes. Yeah, and Tass is one of them. Tass one of them. Uh Milne, God. Another one of them. Just bomb try after bomb try. Just yeah, just terrible. And uh, it might be like Brisbane have had okay-ish wins the last couple of years, had wins at Suncorp, but this was like their first good back-to-back win since like 2018. And one well, of the very few very good away from home wins. I might actually be believing in this team finally. And what a, what a shock, the miracle of like having a remotely competent fullback, even though we had a, Average game in this one, Tamari Man not making a million defensive mistakes. You know what a what a shock him being a position has improved the team. You know, and what a shock that when Corey Pake comes on and the hooker has a bit of service, the team rolls a bit more. And then when all that happening, the forwards hold the ball, and when and when we get more field position, the team panics less, and then Reynolds can kick well. Like what a shock that like having a remotely okayish spine makes a rugby league team better. Don't know why we didn't figure that out for the last like five years. Yeah, now that we don't have to play you again, I can just go back to just wanting the best for Adam Reynolds and just being happy for him. And yeah. as limited as he is a coach, Kevy seems like a nice man. So I have no objection to the Broncos. I wish them the best for yeah. the remaining I have to, 14 um, weeks of the year or whatever. Yeah, I mean, and some of those guys like Selwyn Cobbo's trial is great. Probably got himself paid a shitload there. But they did this without Haas and without Capewell. And I said on the bonus pod, but it was just good to see that for once, Kevy looked to make the common sense changed to mind. Like he put Rabadi in on the edge, who had a great game. Yeah, he played he well. Started played Carrigan at prop. Who I own. I want an apology to Patrick Carrigan. I was wrong. Everything I said about you was wrong. It's weird. Yeah, tweets. he's been so good. But he's like so I, good. the thing is though, like obviously Haas and Capel are big outs. But like our four, like, and I'm yelling at our forwards every week for making mistakes and being shit. But yeah, we're winning the territorial battle most weeks. Like yeah. we're winning the field battle pretty much every single week. Um, and that like the forwards were fine here. It's not like we didn't have enough chances to score tries. We just don't score tries when we get up the other end. And it seems like, I, I don't know. The only thing we have left really is the, is just this hope that chuck it to Luttrell just works yeah. once every guys, two or three sets when he gets your back. forwards did okay. in yardage, but they made some dumb mistakes. Like yeah. Got, that's like, the thing. And that's the one thing, a good thing about starting like, well, it's why well, aren't Carrigan at prop? We wanted this for years, but again, a sh- what a shock it works. Carrigan at prop, and then Haas will come back in at prop. And then Kobe at lock, who just his intent and defense, just it's good, mate. It unsettled Cam Murray a bit. Two Tatola, errors from my sweet boy. Yeah, two. Tatola dropped two, but it's what it oh, does, he mate. Wasn't like, good. We had line speed for the first time, like ever, with, with Kobe in the middle. And that's Shouldn't be what we well. need. We don't, we don't want to start. I personally don't want to see them start. Jensen, Haas, and Carrigan because there's no defensive intent in that side. And then Flegler was also okay off the bench. You just um, 
A lot of it came together for Brisbane in that game, as we'd like to have seen, as the Broncos would like to have seen for a number of years. And of course, Corey Oates continues his Rabbitohs dominance uh, on, on the wing only games. I'll mention him. It's 14 tries in 12 games on the wing only now. Uh, 10 wins. The two games he didn't score in, he had Darius Boyd at 5'8 or centre. <laughs> uh, he has 16 line breaks in those games, 44 tackle breaks, averages 165 metres per game off just 13 runs. And in those 12 matches. He's also had 15 runs of over 20 metres and and five runs of over 40 metres. So Yeah, uh, I really wish we'd signed him like four years ago. When we were the wheel, the wheel, that's, it's just like a defensive signing, right? Yes. Well, to not have it. But we could fucking use him right now. Give you the tip. Anyway, there was one very interesting moment in this game, Mitchell, one that sort of divided the internet and made most people more confused than anything else. So back once again is our resident refereeing expert, Dean Rob, for another episode of We Was Robbed. <laughs> Oh my god! Boys, can you smell the magic in the air? We can, Dean. We can. can. You're coming this year, aren't you? I will be there. I will be there. I cannot wait. I can. Are you going to be signing autographs at the Boom Rookies meetup? Um. Yes, I'll also be giving away free uh, trips to the Sin Bin as well. Oh, good. Yeah, that's good. We would need someone to sort them out, actually. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll be there, mate. I'll be sorting them out. Don't you worry. Fantastic. I want to hear that. I want to hear your whistle, mate. That's what I want to hear. That that you know, I know yeah. you guys all practice your whistle. You sick. Someone get him. Someone get him time. a whistle. You know what? Yeah. I'll make it happen and send off the back. So you never know if someone holds me the wrong way. They get sent off. Um, I need everyone coming to buy into it as well. Everyone has to accept Dean's rulings. If you send been someone, they got to go. Absolutely. Well, we get right. one challenge. Yeah, okay. <laughs> one challenge. You get challenged. But if you, if you get it wrong, though, you're off. Yeah, that's okay. fair. So, so Dean, um, uh, the incident, if people missed this game, there was a strange incident in this match where uh, Souths played the ball. There was no one at dummy half. Uh, Herbie Farmworth dived on the ball and a penalty was given against Brisbane. I swear this exact play happened like two weeks ago. I swear Cronulla did this in a game and it was like play on. So, Dean, can you explain what Grant Atkins thought he was ruling on and what should have happened? Well, he definitely made his life harder for himself by going on that whole, this is stupid rule spiel. But um, <laughs> he didn't need to. Honestly, if he just had blown a penalty for Mark and not square, he would have saved himself some angst because the guy was not square. But um, what he ruled on was um, if there is no acting halfback, which is essentially the guy, the dummy half, uh, it is the dummy half. If there isn't anyone, you can dive on the ball. But what he's saying is, if you dive on the ball, you've got to re- regain your feet straight away. So essentially, if you don't regain your feet, it's a voluntary tackle and you'll be penalized. So essentially what you saw yesterday was the first vol- voluntary tackle penalty in probably 100 years. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, he didn't give himself a chance to see if the guy is going to regain his feet because it does say in the rule... Yeah, it does say in the rule that if he, he, he has to regain his feet unless tackled, which he did essentially got tackled pretty much straight away. So if he had waited a second and then realized, then he shouldn't he, he needed to, to allow it to play on. But there is so much it is such yeah. a convoluted rule. There's so much to it to remember. It's and like you're making a call straight away. The thing that confuses me is Mitch dug up the ruling and we read and posted and we saw like we I read through it and it's like there's a bunch of other places on the field that this is supposed to be enforced, but it never it's is. It's like drop ball, mate. Like every single rule. time a guy and like guys who 
are going to get tackled in goal and they dive forward. Like all of these things happen a hundred times a game every weekend and they never penalize. Like I remember John Hoppawati getting pinged for a voluntary tackle in a game against Seas in like 2002. And I can't remember it happening since because they really, as you said, yeah. pretty much got rid of it at some point in the last 15 to 20 years. So like, uh, it's yeah. yeah look it, it's a it it didn't uh i don't think he needed to blow it it doesn't happen often when there's no acting half um you've actually seen it this year i can't remember the game where there it wasn't happened in the tigers game by the way if you didn't see that on the weekend it happened uh uh to the, yeah penalized as well for the it, same thing and he was fine yeah well he actually i think he blew a penalty for mark and not square i think he was smart he, he yeah. was smart he did the right thing um but yeah when there's no acting half and you got to dive in it look the thing is is the way the referees see it is you can't allow, we can't have players just diving in the rock all the time. Then it just becomes an absolute shit show. Um, but the rule is there to cater for that to happen. But there is just so much to that rule. How do you remember it all in the split second you're, you're blowing a penalty? So when you're a referee and you're just seeing someone dive around into the rock, you just think, oh, penalty straight away. Um, that's just your first instinct. Um and then every now and then, it's like, well, actually, there was no acting halfback. Actually, he could have, should have been able to dive on it. Well, actually, he didn't have a chance to regain his feet. So, actually, he was fine. Yeah, um, that's what yeah. I thought the Herbie one came down to. I think he just blew it because, as you said, most of the time, it is some dude who was just, like, taking the piss. He just dives on that ball too soon. Yeah. But he blew it. Then he's like, ah, uh, fuck. It's a stupid rule. It's like, no, no. It's a stupid yeah. ruling. <laughs> it, was it's, it, it was. It was you who was stupid. Um, it was. Yeah. Uh, Dean, the the, the people also wanted you on for another ruling. So we'll jump ahead to Friday night's game. Um, we'll analyze the game properly later on. But uh, you were in the minority here. You thought this was not a penalty try for Parramatta. Look, it, I mean, I'm okay with it blowing a penalty try, but I didn't think that it was purely because um, if uh, Marnie doesn't get tackled he and he catches the ball, there's a bloke standing about... A yeah. half a centimeter away from him, right? He's going to make an attempt to slow him down a lot better than he did mm. in that instance. I think there's, and considering where he was, he was about three meters away, and there were a couple of players within the vicinity. I think that there was enough there for me to say it's just a professional foul. But in saying that, when he did get tackled, he was about 30 centimeters away from the ball. So I understand it. But in my opinion, I think yeah. there was enough doubt. I, I think didn't get Brad there. Fittler said the same thing as you on the broadcast pretty much. And initially, oh, okay. and, and initially I was like, what's he talking about? But then I kind of thought about it and he's right. He's like, if he doesn't tackle him early, he's still there to tackle him. Like it's not exactly. he, it's not like the Tepai Morale one on Cam Murray the other week where he grabbed him as he was running through in support. Yeah, he, he, he grabbed a stationary man before that stationary man could catch the ball and if he'd waited he probably would have made the tackle anyway is your point exactly yeah and, um, and what about when the referee missed the absolute blatant knock-on which is well, the yes. weirdest I, mean, well, I don't know if we need to ask <laughs> Dean about that no, do you know <laughs> what do you know thing? what do you know what a lot of people don't realize this um everyone saw Jerry with his whistle in his mouth and and Graham Annesley decided to not throw uh Ziggy under the bus today in in the um the briefing although he did hint that he was dropped um mm. The reason why Jerry did not blow it, if you actually watch it again and you listen, it's because Ziggy screams, keep going, keep going. I don't know what Ziggy was watching, <laughs> but he sh- should not have screamed that. If he, The only reason Jerry played that on, uh, let that play on, is because Ziggy screamed that. Um, if he didn't, it would have been a knock-on. Jerry had his whistle to his mouth ready to blow it. So very bizarre, um, and it was going to be a lot worse if Penrith won that game, I can tell you that much. So he's yeah, very lucky. That's, but- well, that's the... 
That's the and that's actually the funniest part is that like now there's an investigation into the trainer running in front of the goalpost <laughs> on Cleary's cover. It's like it's like we don't need an investigation for this. Penrith scored a fucking try off a knock on. Like we oh. do not need an investigation into a trainer running near the goalposts. Didn't even notice break. it live, honestly. Mate, there were some howlers this weekend. Like I could probably yeah. name another two tries that should not have been tries. Um but, uh like, this and uh the send off. Clear as day. Um yes. Um it probably was it it was definitely spectacular, but yeah, it was a send off. I think the other one was more dangerous. Same. And that the should have been sent off. They're just not going to do it. Oh, the Jesse Ramian one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they I just agree, weren't. actually. No. But they're not, you're not going to send Absolutely two not. people off, are you? Although, yeah, no, I don't know if the Warriors would have scored anyway. No, they would have sent him off if it was like 15 minutes to go, maybe. That's what I reckon. Or if it was still 13 on 13, probably would have yeah, been yeah. sent oh, off. Definitely 13 on 13. I reckon yeah. he was gone as well, yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah, for me, that one was more dangerous. The first one was more spectacular. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, no one can complain about the send off. Um. All right. Well, while you're here, I, uh, Roosters, are they back? Oh, no, we're not back, but we're, I think, Jesus, people, people are just so panicky. Like every week it's punishing just to hear like giving Robbo a shit, you know, I'm, I'm frustrated at, you know, some of his selections, like obviously, you know, my feelings about Satili. Uh, I don't mm. think I uh, advertise them enough. Um, but, um, mate, just every week, like we're just looking a little less clunky in patches. A little bit better in that. I think our defense still has a long way to go. Um, I've, I've, I see Sam Walker t- taking the line on a little bit more. And I just, I, I think the next three weeks we'll kind of it, we'll really see where we're at. We've got um, Para, Penrith, and Cronulla. If we compete, then I think we can go on a run. If we really struggle, then we might be struggling to fight for a spot. But I just, I still think it's early. Um, and I remember, you know, Akiri and, and Kronk this time in 2018 and they weren't that different obviously we had the cronk factor um but just give us some time like it, it like i'm still i'm not worried yet i do like um roosters fans that like to turn on robber really fast it's like i don't oh. understand that mate like i i you can't get me to say a bad word about wayne bennett honestly <laughs> you know, mate you can't. the bloke got a life membership for a reason like yeah, come no, on. he's still coaching like, who, who has that yeah um, like I, I mean you know he could drive you to two spoons in a row, and you should you should still be like, thanks for thanks for the good times, Trent. You know. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll agree with Bungard. I think um, Radley has a long way to go. He's he's far off his best. I think he hasn't been since the the comeback from that big suspension. Um, but um, yeah, he 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 needs to step up step it up a bit, and and that will help out massively with Kiri. But um. I think that we we are slowly getting better. And a bit Devo for Verils. Um, luckily, Watson's coming back. But having that combo was going to be a big thing, and we're not going to have that until way later in the year now. But I'm not worried yet. I think slowly but surely we'll get we're getting better. Even if people don't see it, I think we are. You'll be fine. Yeah, we'll be fine, mate. All right, Dean. Thank you. Uh, we'll see you on the weekend. Yes, uh... please. Um, and please, um, to all my fans, can you please bring your own pens? Um, I don't want to carry one around with me. Thanks. That's responsible. <laughs> Thank you. Smart. Appreciate Smart. it. All right. Bye-bye. Cheers. Okay. That was where he was robbed. Dean Rob. It's funny because his name's robbed. Yeah. His name's Rob. Oh, I didn't, I didn't get that the first, a, the first yeah, like, few times. It's, yeah, because yeah, it's a common expression when people voice their displeasure with referees is they say, oh, we were robbed. Mm. Yeah. Great. All right, um, Sunday six, p- <laughs> Friday six p.m. Uh, the Bulldogs are just—they're really shit. 
Oh, um, mate, the Raiders are uh, also really shit. They're, but yeah, but that's that's they. I mean, even sad sack Raiders fans saying, "Oh, we're gonna lose." I was like, "No, you won't." Like, and I wasn't doing my fake. The boys are home to wind camp up. I was like, "No, the boys are home." Like this other team are very very bad. The the Raiders. It's a depressing win. This one. Mm. You need the wins, but it's one of those ones like they needed penalty goals to beat the Bulldogs in their head. Yeah. It's not great. I think Croker's only out for two to three weeks, I read today. Which, so that's good. Nice. I mean, but the, the quality of both sides can probably be seen when Matthew Frawley <laughs> scores a try like that. Great try. Um, the, backyard footy, the backyard footy one-on-one dummy to no one, and it works. Yes. It goes right through and then beats the fullback as well. Like and like that's I watched a guy it again. There's no Raiders, it. there's no Raiders support player within like 10 meters. It's no, so well, they, well, you see, they don't push up in support, Bung Guards. How could they be in support? They don't do well, anything. Exactly. And like um, oh, the, the Bulldogs got their gritty win last week or similar, but um, I'm not gonna call this spoon bowl, spoon decider, because Brisbane won this game over the dogs and then still got the spoon. But uh it's a biggish win for the Raiders who have the Sharks this week. <laughs> I think That'll the Titans fine. might be dragged into this spoon thing. Oh, mate, I said last week, and I think I think Titans are a, yeah. a smoky. Like they are in full tailspin with no Fafita, and they're talking about now shaking the lineup up. They got no one to shake up. I can see well where they drop him by the end of the year. It's not his fault. Who? Like they're stupid. The Fafita, <laughs> like yeah, but he's idiotic. Now, so but I can see it. Yeah, yeah. Oh mate, um, well, no, let's play him somewhere else. One more position. But yeah, this eight. game here, Raiders are a disgrace. The Bulldogs are a disgrace as well. I thought. Um, Corey Horsburgh stood up again, had quite a good game. Hudson Young was back, good back in the side. Tarpanay, like Tarpanay for Pali, whatever. They all kind of flattened the bull, the Bulldogs pack, but geez, there's just fucking nothing else at Canberra. And first few rounds, I said, you know, Schneider stepped in, did an okay job. There's obviously that guy's not a first grade half. It's been quite obvious. Yeah. I think Fogarty walks back in if he plays again this year, and they um, obviously need Jack White back, but. Yeah, they had nothing, mate, with the ball. Hey, they're just terrible. Um, and it's Nick Cottridge doesn't know the rules still. Yeah, still it's great. He- I just I feel like like I understand we didn't know them at first. Like whatever, you weren't a footy fan, whatever, growing up. But it's like at this point, Nick, do you, do you just think they're penalising you at random? <laughs> like, because uh, can, can you explain it to anyone who might have missed the game? He got penalised for double movement again. He's been penalized a double movement like 15 times, I swear, in his career. And it gets, remember, you see it penalized all the time for dragging guys back the other way. Like yes. He doesn't understand how the try lines work at all. And it's like, do you, did you just think that entire time, Nick, the penalties are random? Like it happens to you sometimes. Like I couldn't, I can't believe it. It's just, he can not, he, like he can't not double move. If he gets tackled a meter from the goal line, he's reaching out. Mm. So it meathead. But yeah, Bulldogs depressing, Raiders depressing. I don't know what else we want to talk about this game. We've talked about a lot of the things. I don't. Yeah. I cold yeah. trained them though, so that was good. The Raiders, you did. Yeah. You did that indeed. I'm back, baby. I, I went into the Sunday game f- thinking I'd cold trained the Sharks, forgetting I had picked the Cowboys. Right. Wait, no, I had cold trained the Sharks. I changed. No, you're right. I had done. No, I got confused. I'm picking the Cowboys this week. I, I, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm just going to trust yeah, you. I know. I'm not going to listen no, to that. I didn't, no, I was listening back to him. No, I, didn't pick, I was going to pick the Cowboys and I picked the Sharks. That's good. Okay. So I didn't. So I did cheer the Sharks for, with good reason because that would have felt dirty. felt dirty otherwise. Okay. We, we move on from this game. All right. Uh, this game ruled. Uh, Parramatta, the, they did it. <laughs> they, they got pumped by 30 points by the Cowboys less than a week ago and then they turned around and they 
and Penrith's 21-game undefeated run at home. They're undefeated starts the season. And um, in what I thought was a pretty impressive performance, I mean, like, yeah, it was down to that sort of one five-minute burst that sort of blew the game open in their favor, but they just dug in. They just defended really, really well in this game. They just had a level of fight that wasn't there a week ago against the Cowboys. And, it, you know, if, if not for that knock-on try, they, they win even more comfortably. And I know it was only two points and it, you know, Nathan Cleary had, ended up having a field goal shot right at the end to tie the game. But th- I think they deserve to win. I think they played very well. Um, uh, yeah, uh, they're back in the top four. I, I don't know if they're equal. They're still, equal, they're still fifth, actually, because Cowboys and Sharks both won. But yeah, they're good. Are they good? I don't know. Parramatta, explain them to me. How do you beat I mean, Melbourne? And, I... How do you beat Melbourne and Penrith and lose to the Cowboys by 30 and lose to the Tigers? As I tweeted, I appreciate that work. They're going to knock out Penrith and the Storm for us in the finals, and we're going to beat them in the grand final. Oh, good. Because okay. for some reason, like they're, they're, one of the, they're weird like that now. Hey? They've beaten the Storm a couple of times. They take it to Penrith, and then games like last week happen. They just, like, the, the weird thing about Penrith, as we all know, is how they can get themselves up every week. There's something that the Parramatta certainly can't do that. That's for sure. They can't. If they play to the level they're capable of on a weekly basis. They'd also be in that com- like the one loss conversation that the other guys are, but they can't, I don't know why they can't, but they can't. Meanwhile, Panthers, like all those dumb records we're hearing. One, one of the ones that didn't really get talked about much is that Isaiah Yo had the best winning streak of all time. Like winning run, like he'd won yeah, 40 like 48 out of 50 or his last yeah. 50 games. Best of all time. Cause he missed losses last year. He only, he was only there for one loss last season of the four they lost. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like they come to these games, and you can see why. Like you know, this is why you can buy into Parramatta going going far in the competition. When you watch some of these games like this, and you see how good Paulo and Campbell Gillard play, Isaiah Papali playing like an absolute machine. Other side, Sean Lane not great, whatever. But Ryan Madison was awesome, and when he fell on the edge, it was great as well. But you can see when they play this physical, and then Gutho. Didn't ever play his hand on the back of it for once. He was doing that last couple of weeks. He was really good in this game, Gutho was, and great little tries from him in it. But you can see why you can buy into this team being contenders. Mm. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm so much more afraid of them playing an average-ish team. Yeah. How, um, they lost how, far up the, how far up the pressure index is Ivan Cleary? <laughs> Shot up it, mate. Shot. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, it was a cracking game. I don't know if I love... Um, I know Taylor Makic scoring. I don't know if I love moving Toro to the other wing. I don't know. Let him score the tries too. But whatever. These are the, these are the problems that great teams have. <laughs> when he yeah. moved that guy. But um, uh, I, I'm like... when they Yeah, go on, sorry. Well, I mean, who would have thought having an actual center in the centers and having a back line, having players that play in those positions would actually work? Yeah, and it was one of those games that, you know... Dylan Edwards is one of those players who talk about way too much for the talents he has. Like, he just shouldn't be talking about that much. But I don't want to take week. a victory lap on it because I don't have anything against the guy. No, I was going to say, neither do I. But say, this is one of those, like, these are, these, these are the games that are still in there. It's why people, like, this is why, even as good as they're going, as good as he's going, he doesn't belong in that conversation. People were putting him in this year. No, it's, it's. I mean, look, I, I know a lot of it's just Panthers fans memeing the same way I meme about know. Alex Johnson, whatever. But at the, there are genuinely people, and not Penrith fans. There, are, there were genuinely people going say, "Oh, he's a top five fullback and all, all this stuff." But no, he's just a solid player in a very, very, very yes. good team. Great kick returner, fantastic at that. Great at his job on, on their team, but yeah, whatever. But uh, yeah, Penrith copying a loss. You know that that they 
they've been winning so much that their fans didn't even really get that upset. But but until one of them found that stupid trainer on a goal kick, who cares? There's always, there's always something, isn't there? Cleary kicked poorly, but Again, I thought they it was also impressive. fucking scored a try off a knock on. Who gives a shit about yeah. a trainer? Yeah, they're exactly right, mate. They're investigating that though. Yeah, that that was terrible. Bill Kickout, by the way, though, he's had a cracking he season. Awesome. Like, it's like he knows it's his last 20 meaningful games of his life and he's never <laughs> playing big football again next year. So he's been awesome. He set up tries twice in this game. But what I was most impressed by Parramatta is not that they won. It was the fact that when Pan- the Panthers were on top in that second half and they scored that try and then when Madison, I was so impressed after like being in their own half for like 50 fucking minutes straight. You know, pretty much after they scored their second, and then Madison scored. I was really impressed that they were able to get back up, and then a repeat effort with uh, with uh, the Dylan Brown try right after. That was like, that's when you can believe in a team that they can absorb all that pressure and then counter attack because, like, it just felt it, it felt ominous, and you could hear it in the how they call in the game. It just felt like, oh, Penrith are on top, and they're they're drumming along, and they're gonna they're gonna keep going and keep drilling them down, and then all of a sudden, bam, bam, Parramatta go. And Penrith chasing the game again. And the try they scored, I mean, that was just exhaustion. But they even though they, they didn't break down Parramatta really at the end of the game, they scored Spencer Lena who crashed over between two exhausted guys. Like they were they were forcing Penrith to try some things or score points. Like they none of their tries were off slick back on moves. You know? No, like, not at all. I mean so Parramatta yeah. would be happy with how they played. I think but so. Um Papali, I can't believe Papali is going to the Tigers and just in front of K. <laughs> It's ridiculous unders. He was fantastic. Um, he was. Yeah, I thought he and Kikau were both outstanding. So I'm sure neither of them got any Dalian points. Yeah, um, Dylan Brown had a cracker too back in the back in the halves. Oh, sorry, we didn't mention it during that game. But did Matt Burton actually get three Dalian points? I didn't look at that. I, I read that I today and at, I thought it had to. Hang on, I'll pull it up right. I now. usually look at them I, every week. I actually haven't looked today's yet. But I, I read would not that be shocked. today and I was certain it was a joke. But he uh, did. Oh my god! <laughs> they scored. How many, did they score one try and lost? Yes, but he scored it. Okay, great. Nathan <laughs> Heimeist did those votes. Hindy, they really Jesus, like, mate. Fletch and Hindy get to do votes, do they? Really? Yeah. I mean, oh, I Adam Reynolds got that. three. Yeah, that's fair. Good work, Tim Manor. Good judging. They scored four points and lost, and their their playmaker got three Dalian points. Jeez, the Panthers, the Panthers Eels game was hard to pick them, but three Paulo, two Gutherson, one Isaiah Yo. So yeah, neither Papali or Kikau got any. Fantastic. Yeah, that's, I can't believe Kikau was probably that's that's Wally Lewis. But I feel like, yeah, whatever. There was the, all those guys played well as well, at least. That's the only thing you'd say in their favor. Yeah. Uh, but that, yeah, going to the rest of that, the, the... How has that happened? I don't know. It's classic, it's mate. Like all yeah. those guys did play well, but whatever. Burton which dra- which dragons player got one point for being brave in a thirty-six point loss? Well, Is Ben Hunt getting no, brave them. one points yet? N- oh, okay. No, he, did, he didn't get one. <laughs> Surprise! He just generally cop those, but he didn't. Yeah. But, uh, oh, fucking hell! Sorry, we got distracted there. But Jesus Christ! But three All right. Regardless, yeah. Papali, awesome. Kick out, awesome. Um, Parramatta's forwards really brought it. Um. They can play like that every week. They could win the comp, but it's just, I don't know why they look like this some weeks and other weeks they just look shit. I have no idea. They're, they're so bizarre. And and obviously part of it is again, like having their full cattle. Like in some of these games when they got like, they're just not very good with their depth. They're just not. Like those guys that step in haven't been that impressive. And, you know, when they lost to the Tigers, they did end up going like that game. They went in without, um, without Junior Paulo. And then they end up losing 
Opacek and Neokore, who were the centers during the mm. game. Like, you can see why they, they didn't win that football game in the end. And we've never let life last laughing at the Tigers, but it's like that bad loss and then the bad loss to the Cowboys. The Cowboys wasn't as many issues with their spawn, with their plays in and out, but obviously the, the back line shuffle and then playing in that heat, not great. Didn't help, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, so you can kind of reason that away. And then the other losses, well, they lost to the Sharks 18-16. Good game. Round two, good game. And again, they were, miss- were they missing RCG in that game or, oh, my God, dumb memory? No, they weren't. Uh, no. I don't know. They weren't. No, they didn't play. But, yeah, um, like the, you know, the, so... You can reason away. It's easy to go, oh, whatever, those 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 losses, whatever. Now, if you see the big wins as an Eels fan, you can focus in on them. And then they've got the Chooks this weekend. And they're yeah. going in the favorites, which is like not a surprise now, but that's how far uh, they've risen and actually go into a game against the Roosters as, as the favorites. Good on them. Uh, we might speed run a couple of these because we've already gone pretty long. Oh, yeah. and We have. Uh, Manly 36, West Tigers 22. Speaking um, of speed run. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ben Devoyevich scored the two of the most average tries ever, but I liked them. Two DLM points. Well, yeah, of course. But he did like two hit and spin tries. I did enjoy that photo of the four Trevojevic's. It must suck to be like, I'm not knocking the guy. I'm sure he's got a good life or whatever, but just, it must be a weird, it's, it's obviously it's a weird thing if you're like one successful athlete brother, but to have like three playing in a game and you're just like it posing for photos with them in like your streetwear is like, must be yeah. weird. And he still like sticks to it. He hasn't like become the black sheep and like moved to another country. No. That's weird. You know, Nah, good on him. I'm sure he's happy. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, but yeah, uh, and Kula had a really nice try, uh, run in this game, set up a try. But yeah, we expected once the Tigers were down on all these ca- on, on their cattle, like Ken Marmala played the only two minutes as well. Hmm. Not not great. Uh, like Manly were probably going to win this game before it, and they did. And the, yeah, the Tigers end up scoring 22 points somehow. Good, good for them. It's not great for the Tigers. Jackson Ace in such a ball 100 times again. Yeah, about 100. It wasn't 95 or something. I don't know. Close, it's close to 100, regardless. But yeah, I mean, that, this is one of those, again, they have so many guys out, whatever. But yeah, Ollie Gildart, they are uh, not great. Referees made some weird calls as well, like that uh, that voluntary tackle that was a marker not square. But yeah, the uh, Seagulls trounced them. There you go. This is a great game. Uh, People will be happy we spoke like that about that game. James Sesco's back. Oh, God. I mean, yeah, look, we're being facetious. He was never gone. That's the joke. Yeah, I know. But I know. But I'm like, the, the Titans, I mean, look, the Roosters are good. I don't want to talk about them. Um, no, they're not, uh, they're not, haven't been good. They had to get this. No, no, they, they did. But the Titans are terrible. Yeah, this is, this is what I want to talk about is I think that they are officially, as you said earlier in the show, they're on the downward spiral. It, it's like, I don't, know, I don't see them getting out of it. Yeah, I mean, I think I've always been a Titans knocker, as everybody knows, and I thought people were too impressed. That backline is just so bad. Yeah, they came eighth last year. People validate. It was the same reason I hated Brisbane coming out. People just forgave all the mistakes, essentially. They only won 10 fucking games, and because they made the finals, people act like they're good. The club gets up its own ass this offseason, makes some terrible decisions, and then this is what they have now. The backline's terrible. Toby Sexton screaming out for a week off, you know? Just let me not play for a couple of weeks. The young half, you know, Aaron Clark, not a first grade quality hooker. AJ Brimson isn't as good as everyone thinks he is, and Will Smith is a career backup playing. So um, like, and they got Isaiah, uh, Joanna Sarko in the back, in the reserves yeah. waiting. Um, yeah, and good. no matter and no matter how much money they spent on forwards, 
it is not great that down that Kevin Proctor is still starting football games for them. Still, it's it's such a like it's just not an inspiring bench when you look at it either. Although shout out, Campo messaged me during the game. He said we have to do a shot at Magic Round out of respect for the Aurora Ball goat Sam Lasone getting over scoring. The line. He did, but. They're just Hero. terrible, mate. And like Brian Kelly has been a pretty good player for them. He had no interest on Saturday night. Like he was He's a the weird one they player. Ran, they ran through him like the entire evening. Like he is so bad defensively, but can be so good in attack. You almost forgive it some weeks, and then yeah. other weeks it just plays like this, and you're like, ah, oh, yeah. what's the point? But it's it's. I cannot believe they're signing Kieran Foran. Not because I think it's a bad signing, but I just can't. They it's had so Jamal hard. Fogarty. <laughs> it's so hard to get your head around how bad their, the planning was. And they're playing for like 400k a year. It doesn't make so any sense. Like, it doesn't <laughs> it make any like, sense at all. Like, it makes sense that they need another half, but it's just like, I cannot believe they went into a season, right? We went over this before, but they went into a season with such little spine players. They went in, they let Fogarty go. They planned on having AJ go to six, which I never liked. One of those dumb things, oh, he played juniors there. It's, yeah, because he can yeah. run the ball. When you're a junior, it's different. But anyway, he played six, wasn't great there. They re-signed Campbell. They've right re- now they've, they re-signed Jim Brimson. Again, I knocked this when it happened. Five years. It's too many years. He's, he's, he's one of those guys, mate, that like people like him and he's popular. But he's one of those players that not many people, people don't watch the Titans every week. Like the average fan doesn't. So they see the highlight of AJ Brimson when he has one of those really good games and thinks he's a much better player than what he is. You know, that's what I believe of AJ anyway. But like they do all this kind of shit. And now, and a few weeks in, and the comments on how they realize they needed experience half was again, shows you the issues with the fucking Titans. They said, they pointed the examples and they pointed at two clubs and it was the Broncos and the Cowboys. And they said, look at what an experienced half Reynolds and Chad Townsend had done at those two clubs. Yeah. It's like the same old thing with their mate. Like they, they are so far up the ass of the other Queensland teams. It's like, mate, you think the Titans or the Broncos, when they make decisions, give a shit about what the Titans are doing? No. Broncos or the Cowboys, they don't because like they're trying to win comp- the actual competition or compete for competition. <laughs> they're not they're not looking at copy. Oh fuck, an experienced half work for that team. We need one. I genuinely believe, with all my heart, that if like let's say everything else about Dave Fafita was exactly identical, but he played for Cronulla instead of Brisbane, the Titans wouldn't have paid all that money for him. Well, of course not. Of course, fucking not, mate. Because like it was in a poor, it was it's been a funny crossroads since because the clubs are almost gone opposite direction since even though it was a good signing for them and I still back what they did just other things have done since the wrong but uh of course not mate they and it's the same thing like when they signed Ash and they made Ash a million dollar player he yeah. was worth more to them because he came from Brisbane their whole existence is defined by Brisbane it um, is and it's not good that's not that's not the way you win that's not the way no, you succeed. It's not. And yeah, and they're so also focused on trying to take like taking blows at the Broncos, and then like us getting a spoon was a victory for them. It's like, well, not really, actually. You know, well, they don't you, have any, but they might be win, they yeah. might be getting one this year. Yeah, but it's like you know, a victory for you is you fucking winning something, you know, oh, or like okay. have your best year not be coming eighth with a losing record. Yeah, you know? they've um they they've not had a good existence really. They peaked in like their second or third season. It's been very shit ever since. And there's like not a pl- dead set mate. If you've been in Maroon and Gold, they'll take you. Yeah. Like you know, Ch- Tana Boyd's down there from us. Herman ends up there around about away from us. They'll take Jermaine Sarko from us this year for whatever reason. They like taking juniors who don't even turn to do much. Like you know, they took um what, who's the idiot again that uh, Keegan Hipgrave. 
took yeah, yeah. Hit, bro, like Jared Wallace down there. Like, mate, they will just take if you if you've driven up Caxton, they'll have a look at you. Nice, you know, and that's it's just not the way the way forward for for a club no. be better than what they are. And people generally don't give a shit because no one cares about the Titans, but they're a fucking embarrassment, mate. To have that forward pack, to have Fafida, Tino, Mofo. No, don't even worry about all the other forwards they've paid a lot of money for. To have those guys and be this shit is embarrassing. Yeah. Um, it's weird, right? Like, obviously, they have fans somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how is there not more scrutiny on these teams? Like, them, them the Warriors, like, even Canberra to an extent. But that's more because Ricky Stewart than the fan base. But it's like, how is there not more scrutiny on some of these guys? I don't know. I don't know, mate. Terrible. Um, all right. Uh, Cowboys... They, they just keep doing it. And the Newcastle Knights are they're dead. They suck. Yeah, they, they put in a lot more this week than Knights did. And Ponga had a really good first half. He did. He was in everything, created lots of all the points they scored. But it didn't feel like anyone watching that game honestly didn't think the Knights were gonna hold to get hold it on onto it. And they didn't. And the same way the Cowboys keep beating teams every week, mate, is they pile on in these second halves. They they compete real well. They do real well in the middle. And then they finish their sets kind of well and they score points off kicks and whatever. They're, they're pretty good. You know, they're pretty, know everyone, pretty good at home. I know everyone like talks about just every team says stuff about, oh, we just worked out in the preseason. Pays but fuck, maybe flogging the shit out of yourselves in like 150% humidity and 40 degree heat actually does make you fitter down the stretch. Maybe it does. Yeah. Maybe they're under something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, maybe that. I mean, yeah, Ruben Cotter's efforts are great again, as you said with that stuff. And Tamalolo looks like he might, his old self when he plays again. But yeah, they were like some of these guys, like Reese Robson had a cracking game, and Chad Townsend. He is a oh boy. Been such a train play, strange player, but he set set up tries with some of the shittest kicks ever. But so what? They don't I'm they not... don't record tries with quality of kick, do they? They don't say Here's good the... tries or bad. Well, there's the thing with Chad, right? Is like he gets a lot of shtick, and I, he's not James Maloney. I know he's not James Maloney, yeah. but like his teams make the finals pretty much every year. Like apart from 2021, he made the finals every year. He was at Cronulla from 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20, all of them. Mm. Goes to the Cowboys this year. They're going to make the finals as well. He's just a solid player, and he gets a lot of shtick. Some of it fair, I think. Uh, there was a point when Cronulla were doing really well that he was getting overhyped a little bit, but. You know, he's just a solid first grader. And when you've got guys around him, when you've got really talented, skillful guys in the forwards and the back line and Tommy Dearden's playing well, that's that's all you need. Just a solid yeah. dude that can kick the ball. South would kill for a Chad Townsend right now next to Cody Wall. They would, not for the price they paid, though, which is more Well, no, Reynolds, we would have just but... kept Adam Reynolds. But um, yes. I will say, though, Scott Drinkwater is close to, to a top 15 player in the comp right now, the way he's playing. One like, side of like, the ball, but yeah. Well, well yeah, obviously, but no one cares about defense. That's for the yeah. nerds. So, so that, I, I said it to Camper on the night. We texted about Scotty Jigglow when anything good happens. The one thing he has, it's the cheat code. And like, stay with me here, people, that he can pass long from left to right. And it sounds dumb, but every person, like, you know, 95% of the people are right-handed. They pass better the other way. And those long loopy passes from left to right, watch how many, how often those left wingers, like two, it tries it again this week. One last week, like, well, I like it. The left wingers don't see it coming because honestly, they never fucking see it. No one can pass that way. No one can pass that long loop. It's a cheat code that he does it. It's a weak side for people, you know, and like he got Edric on this one too in this game. Great pass, huge cheat code. But then immediately after they found him, kicked, they kicked and scored with him. It was like, I didn't know where he was, but he wasn't near where they kicked. <laughs> you ignore that, you ignore that part. When they're winning, Matt. you can ignore you can all those parts. You move past them. He's but, it, look, his he's defense great. is bad, but they're they're he's 
if you, if you're doing like plus minus, he's like at plus ten yeah. try involvements at the moment. He is mate. so far and, this um, year. So he'd be the goat Oz tag player. Hey? Like, even that try they scored. <laughs> um, which oh, fuck who scored it down the left hand side? Talangi's first, or was it Val Val's Val's? Anyway, the one that when last tackle they threw it to Scott, and he just like went down the left hand side, and they said I said a try. I was like, yeah, like he's just he'd be so good at Oz tag. When you're just like creating things out of absolutely nothing. Uh, Nano scored again. He's gonna he's gonna score fifty tries this year. It's great. He is, uh, mate. He's on. He's on fire. He's on, and um, maybe he'll be that one that what Colin House is supposed to be. That like guy, yeah, like maybe tries in the back row. The, the next Gavin Cooper, or he becomes the next Colin House and just moves into the middle and is kind of just there everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, that's one. Uh, you know, it's just it's kind of like the reason why Gavin Cooper was a great try scorer too. That weird knack of like chasing kicks yeah. really well for a back rower, and that awkward area they put him into, fantastic. But yeah, the Cowboys. Um, really looking forward to seeing them play live this week. Because um, you can often see with some good teams more things when you see them live at the ground. And... Is, is Kevin Cooper like? Is, where, it's a dumb word most of the time, but he's where's he rank on the underrated scale all time? He's got to be pretty close to the top. He was such a good player. He was. He was. Man, he had what, like what did he score seventy nine tries as a back rower, but like it's a lot of tries. A lot more with the Cowboys. Hmm. Bottom of the Cowboys, but he was like not very good for a while as well. Like he was passed around Cowboys, Titans. Yeah, Panthers, I know a lot of it was Thurston, but still, still, I like Gavin Cooper. Yeah, so what? Good, yeah, good. He was him. good. Um, all right. Uh, Melbourne won by a billion again. What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> well, I will say they've scored the yeah. most points ever after nine rounds. Um, they've already eclipsed last year's Bulldogs for points. Yeah, <laughs> they scored the most points ever after nine rounds. That right? Ever? Um, Fuck me. Ever. Um, and I had, oh God, where is it in front of me here again? Most points ever after nine rounds. And yeah, that's it. And then like last year, the difference is last year, if you remember, we had so many teams doing well. Yeah. It didn't we really had like, matter. we had yeah. like three or four teams in the top 20, their first all time after nine. And then the Panthers who are really good this year too. They're down in, well, like 26th or something. Where are we? Yeah. They're 24th all time after this period. So like, Whilst even with the stupid rules, they're still that far ahead of Penrith. They're 35 beh- points ahead of anyone else at this stage of the season. That's bonkers. Which is the uh, 2002 Knights and 96 Broncos. Saturday's going to be great, isn't it? Uh, Ryan Papadans will be playing, though. Hamstring injury. But he'll be back before the finals, so it doesn't really matter, does it? Yeah, no, it does, it does it. So whatever, they'll be, <laughs> like, they'll be fine. Whatever. Oh, no, they might finish second instead of first. Oh, terrible. Yeah, yeah. And then Remus Smith got what he missed time as well. But, yeah, we'll see. Like, Are they talking about, like, Wishart actually playing there? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Who does Mate, we'll I, I don't tomorrow. think it matters that much. No, it'll be Nick Meany or whatever. All right. Be fine. Um, I uh, needed and, this. Yeah, and the so Dragons are obviously going to smash. Like the Dragons, what do you say? The, everyone gets smashed no. by the storm. They they hung Here's around for like, they, they didn't concede points like the 20th minute. That's a small win. Yeah. Small victories. Uh, all right. I needed this tonic on Sunday after Souths let me down so spectacularly. But those brave boys at the team of the pod, uh, the first team, the Broncos, since, the team of the pod, the first team since excluding the Battle of Brookvale because it was 12 or uh, 12 v 12, yeah. the first team since 2008 to win a game after having a player sent yeah. off in the first half. The but Cronulla you know Sutherland Sharks. That's a bad um, stat. I figured I've looked at it again. You know what's why? a stat? Why? How many people have been sent off in the first half since then? I don't know. Not many. Is that, is that the point? Only since last year. So really? so essentially to 13 year stretch where it happened twice in 2008, oh. and 2011, and they won. Yeah. And then no one was sent off. So no one had been sent off in the first of a game 
So I probably should have asked you that as well when we checked it out. But, well, that's oh, why well. I thought it was a cool stat, right? I did think it's, that. It's not if no then, one got sent off in the first half in that so time. So, yeah, we overrated it then, but it's okay. like, Whatever. so there's been five times since 2011, right? Three well, of them yeah. this year. In and, yeah, I was just saying, one of them was a week ago. <laughs> yes. But the last time prize you said was Manly 2008. But, yeah. uh, sorry, the Brattle Bookie, the Manly 2008, which was, there was three first half send-offs between those ones, whatever. Mm. But Manly did it, like there was two more send-offs in the first half between them. Manly 2005 as well, with Hopper got sent off. Yeah. Uh, and then before that, Simon Wolf had got sent off in the eighth minute. Do you want to guess how much the Raiders won by? Yeah, I know this because the Raiders guys were gronking off about it. They scored like 52 51, points. 51-16. Yeah. So I, I don't, in context now, I'm actually, it's a great win. I'm actually really actually glad this happened. happened. I'm really glad this happened, not just because it's the Sharks, but because it, sh- it kind of yeah. kills that narrative from last week about how send-offs ruined the contest. It's like, well, didn't ruin it for the Sharks. Although maybe it did, because they could have broken the all-time points record if they had 13 players. Because the Warriors have. fucking suck. And Mate, look, can you believe they won a game 13, between the 70-0 loss and this? If they beat us on... like, if I know we joke a lot about you know jumping off buildings and, and drinking bleach and stuff. Mate, if, if we lose to these guys on Saturday... Pour me a pour me a Clorox Sunrise because I'm I'm going in. Mate, we like, lost them this year for fuck's sake. Yeah, you did. I cultured you that week. Tough times, um, but yeah. Look, I mean, look, I'm really I'm I'm proud of the Sharks. It's a, like even if you hate them, it's a really brave performance, really gutsy performance by them, especially when it was 13 v 11. But there's not a whole lot you can say about them that we haven't said before. The guys that we've been playing well playing. I was like, I thought Nico Hines was excellent in this game. I thought he was really really good. He deserved three DLM points, and he did he did get them. So there you go. Um, Teague Wilton was really impressive again. He was great. But, was. but, but they're playing against a team who could not score 13 versus 11. That set where they butchered an overlap on both sides and then kicked it dead is one of the worst Dude. attacking sets I've ever seen. They got tackled in their own half on <laughs> fifth. We got tackled 30 up from the own line on fifth tackle. Like that game. So, Obviously, yesterday, and I'm not trying. We're not trying to scare the sharks at all. No, right? when they when you have twelve, it is a huge mental battle to keep turning up. They kept turning up, they kept putting in, but holy fuck, the Warriors did not want that shit at all. Did not want to play physical. And watching that second half, you just said. Then I went through today and I watched every set they had possession. The the Warriors. It could be the worst 30 minutes of rugby league I've seen in my life. <laughs> Mate, there was that set just after the one I just mentioned where I swear to God, they had a six on two on their right wing and mm-hmm. they fucked it. Like Reese Walsh went himself and got tackled. But it's like like they couldn't score on 11. But when I rewatch, obviously you're watching it live. You're like, why can't they score or whatever? And they, they bomb them. And that Murchie one's terrible. But I was rewatching it and I was like, fuck, they haven't sent like a single decoy runner. I'm like, there's no one running decoys here. Like, there's no one drawing attention. So even when they do spread it, there was no reason for, like, the guys not to just, you know, take a step out and defend, you know? And then I look back, and, yeah, they're, like, they're last in the league for decoys after nine rounds. And and that game, they were, like, they're, like, one of the worst games the number of decoys run we have on record. Like, that, and it's, like, decoys don't mean everything, obviously, but it just shows their off-ball effort. The other team held down two men. And all you need to do to score against 11 right is, like, if there's one solid line run on a backline movement who draws one dude in, you draw one guy in, it's game it's so, over. It's and they so can't simple. Get, one cunt can't run a hole, mate. They can't get one dude to run a line. And then, like, you see what ends up after. What ends up happening when the, when the forwards aren't rolling and then there's guys aren't running lines or anything? You get those moments where, like, Sean Johnson, Reese Walsh, look like absolute dickheads. Run around yeah. and then just kick the ball. And what Johnson was terrible. He was. They kicked mm. dead terrible. But, mate, that team, my God, 
And then the after match press conference, he is he is the king. Mate, he must spend all of his week on PR courses. What did he say? Because I was at a family thing, so I watched the yeah. game and then turned well, it off. Well, what did well, he say? My, a good friend, Mike, would did ask him a question, but while I couldn't score points and he couldn't handle it. But he spent the first five minutes just praising the Sharks. Oh, they're such a good club. Oh, they're just... They, you know, their coach was a tough player and, they, and they've got a tough team now. And they were, and it's just like acting like his team didn't just lose to 12. You know, it's just yeah. like, <laughs> it just avoids the tough questions. By, and the other, and Mike would ask them about, like, he asked him about why couldn't you score points? Yeah. And he couldn't answer the question. He asked him again, like, but, how, you know, he asked him, how do you score points against 12? And he couldn't answer it. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's great. But yeah, Fantastic. like all you have to do is score points know. at 12, go up the guts, play straight, go up the middle, and then, Literally compress them a little, a simple shape, and draw and run like one or two decoy runners in, and bam, to score in the corner. It's like every team ever who scores against twelve, they had eleven, they couldn't do it. Terrible. And then again, credit to the Sharkies because there was moments there when obviously it would have been easy to give in. Like Dalfinuka mm. made a great tackle when Jack Murchie bombed a try, but he had to, you know. And whilst Jack Murchie bombed it, Fanukin still had to put the effort in to scramble and cover, you know. So they they. They put in a shitload. They outgained a team with thirteen. But uh, the when I rewatch the day, what you like, if, you just see how bad the Warriors are. If you, you if see. they didn't have the little graphic on the screen, you would have no idea the Sharks didn't have a. a you you would have thought you would you would not have thought the Sharks had a man disadvantage. And then you sent me the stats afterwards. It's like it looks like the Warriors. Meters. It looks like the Warriors are playing with twelve. The Sharks had fifty-eight percent possession. They had yeah, thirty-one like it, minutes possession. They'd six hundred more meters. It wasn't even like miles. it wasn't even like um it wasn't like you know look I don't want to get into it but it wasn't even like the South losing on Thursday where they just kept dropping the ball and they shot themselves in the foot a lot. It wasn't like that. It was literally they got fucking dominated. Like yes. you could like it, it's one thing if you if they had this game and we're sitting here it's like oh they dropped two balls over the line and the Sharks scored a couple of jammy intercepts or something like that. You'd be like, oh, whatever. Like, that's so so weird that they lost like that. But we're not we're not talking about that. I'm looking at the stats now. As you just said, the time in possession, nine more minutes for Cronulla. Uh, they outgained them by 600 metres, 200 more post-contact metres, six line breaks to two, 45 tackle breaks to 18. Um, yeah. Average set distance was six metres more than the Warriors. Um, just... Play the ball speed half a second faster. Like every, offloads, three to one offloads. Like killed him. everything, absolutely everything. And Five force drop to one. Just ridiculous. Yeah. And you look at the Warriors stats, like nobody made 100 meters. And Matt, Matt Lodge made 144 of 19 runs, but mm. two of them were kick returns for 30 of those meters. So he was, he was making like seven meters a run. Like no one's making any meters. And mate, their back line, like Violea, Rocco Berry, Adam Pompey, they all look like they haven't had a second of rugby league training. You know? They, I, they, there's some I talent do, in them, but they just stand out there. I do not know what I'm going to do when we lose to these guys this week. Mate, that's so I, bad. I don't. They, 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 I can't think of a team that has four wins that's worse than the Warriors are. They've Ever. had four wins at this point. Ever. Like, <laughs> they're so bad, and they've won four games somehow. And Reese Walsh is out now this week as well? Yeah, well, what he, he's actually out. Did his he, hammy did, was pulled up. I don't know. Didn't he pull his hamstring out. on that last try? Yeah, I don't know. Which was, again, that last try when they scored it. That was like, hilarious. Was it, was it Violea or something? Like, took... The weak move of holding his throat, hoping the referee would penalize the Sharks. It was very funny. It's like, dude, just, just you hold the ball, but just terrible. And that that's the good from the Sharks that they, they kept the efforts in, ran over the top of them. But it was like, man, I just, as like I said, I don't want to discredit the tone show the Sharks didn't win this Falcon game. They still had to, but the Warriors just so no, fucking bad. Love the Sharks. 
brave, great performance, but yeah, holy exactly. shit. Like you, yeah. but you, it shouldn't be like any team. Melbourne should not be beating it. Melbourne shouldn't be statistically dominating a team like that with yeah. a, a, at 1.11 players on 13. Oh, yeah. I could see Melbourne winning with 12, obviously. I could yeah. see many winning is one thing, but, but the way it happened, yes. it, they just got absolutely bullied. Like they exactly got bullied. Like there was only like two or three sets on the Sharks goal line. That's how yeah. bad it was. They got there was like a like brief, there was like a little brief period just after the send off where the where the Warriors scored and then I think they scored again. I think Vilea yeah. scored a couple of minutes later and you thought, oh, they probably they might pull away with this now. And then they just didn't. Never looked like <laughs> it from then on. And then after Teague Wilton scored, the I never at no point again at no point did I think the Warriors were gonna win after that Teague Wilton try. And that's that's still there's still 50 minutes of game left at that point. Yes. And they and the only time they got down in the second half was off the penalties. One was from the 11, 11 players and another penalty. They never got like down the, at the end of the field the whole time. Yeah, well, two line breaks in the whole game. I'm I'm think uh Vile had one in open open play, I think, and then the other one of the other ones was a try. So yeah, like, how that's has it. he got his job still, man? He's still on a job this week. Like, I don't uh, know how you can watch the semi nil. <laughs> And watch this and go, you know what? That this guy deserves to be here. Uh, mate, you're asking some good questions. Questions yeah, I cannot answer. Terrible. Um, yeah, bad, real bad. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, shout out the Sharks. That was awesome. Like the, and the Raiders lost to them between this. And the Warriors were just really bad <laughs> in the Raiders game. That's how they bad were. The they completed are going. it 50%. Yeah. Like they're so bad. Like the Warriors should be a spoon contender. I'm shocked by how bad they are because of the players they have, but they're only not a spoon contender because a couple of moments, other teams are turning up in a couple of good moments from those players. But like even them, like like Sean Johnson and Reese Walsh and all those guys aren't even playing that well for 80% of the games. Like Reese Walsh is not half the player he was last year. No. Still good, but yeah. Still good. Yeah. Um, yeah. all right. Uh, any news and stuff you want to talk about before we yeah, go? Yeah, we should talk about the signings because your boys yes. made one and there's a couple other ones. Jack Bird has re-signed with the Dragons, so that's, that's mm. good news. But uh, Cody Nicarima to South and with, with a player option, which I found interesting. That's a weird one because I, I just assumed he was going to play for the Dolphins next year. Well, it's probably why it's a player option in case he doesn't go there. Okay. Yeah, they look really <laughs> shit. I'm going to no, wait a That's what I'm saying. That's how, I was going to mention that's how bad it's got though, right? That guys that look like locked on to go there haven't gone there yet. And even this instance, he signed a player option in case he doesn't have to go there. As like, So if it goes okay at South, he'll stay, essentially. That's not fucking yeah. good for the Dolphins. Like a dude who couldn't get a gig at the Warriors doesn't want to go to the Dolphins. Yeah, that's crazy. Who um, wants to live in Queensland? Yeah, it should be easier. <laughs> it should be. But like, I, I, don't know, but I don't know what they'll do with that signing. But I do think at least as a 14, it's something at the start. Like, I don't know. I, I'm, I have no doubt that he'll probably spell Elias at some point. But maybe, you know, he'll play, you know, he can, well, the good thing is that when Cook misses a couple of origin games, at worst, he'll play Hooker off the bench. Yep. That's all yeah. fine. That's well, all Havili's fine. our new most meter gaining forward. So, yeah, he's, we need him, good, need him as, need him early, but he, him he was prop. good, by the way, in that game. Yeah, I was going to mention right. one thing. One of the things that sucked about South and that, and that night, and I rewatch it. We spoke about it in the bonus one, but what sucked about South that night was like twice in that game, he really had these huge runs when he picked out Corey Pakes and like carried him 15 meters. And, you know, I thought, fuck, I don't know who told him Corey Pakes can't defend, but I don't like it. And it, but instead of like doing it again, they had to spread the ball instantly. Mm. And it's like they still haven't 
understood that they can't keep doing that. They can't keep just spreading it. Like they just can't spread it forever in the game. Like if if they hit us at the guts like three times, Brisbane actually can get soft in the middle. Then you can beat them on the edge. That Broncos team wants you to try and go around them because they'll just jam you if you haven't got momentum up the middle. But whatever. Back to that. Nikarima at least adds something else. I do think like they wouldn't have signed him if it didn't mean Elise was going to miss some time, in my opinion. Like that they give him a few weeks rest. Yeah. Um, which I think is fine. Uh, he, yeah. he doesn't need to be playing all year. Yeah. Well, we still need to keep him fresh for our eighth v fifth <laughs> game against the Broncos at the end of the year. Yeah, we spoke in the preseason, mate. We said it was pretty high expectation. I think like the young half play all twenty four games without having played a lot of footy in the past and like one preseason under his belt. So we thought that probably someone else would play at some point, but you didn't have the dude. And Jack Campanola is not any good, so it's all right. But the other weird one, Robert Jennings is going to yeah. The Dolphins. I haven't announced the length of the deal, but there's rumors of it being like three years, which is like, you'd hope not. <laughs> hey, anytime you can sign a guy who scored four tries in an NRL, NRL game, you've got to do it. Yeah. And then the the Warriors, they, they love, uh, they do love a mid-season signing. So they had signed Ronald Volkman, as we know, but he's now yep. uh, joined them now. No, no, sorry. Red Free Lassics joined them now on top of that. No, actually, no. That Volkman was a, joined as well. Yeah, that's an interesting one, Freddie Lustig, because like he was training full time with the Roosters, but wasn't playing and wasn't playing reserve grade. It was just a, Mate, it was just a very it was a very strange situation. They're so off him because like they they, they couldn't play um what's his name Marsky, yeah they couldn't play him at hooker because they and, had uh, Lustig and they still decided not to play Lustig. They must have been so off him. It was weird, yeah, but like they wouldn't even let him play cup. It was very strange. The whole thing yeah, was weird. So, yeah, so anyway, they good, have a good chance for him. Maybe they were just really disappointed because he got bashed by Taylor May in that boxing fight. I there you know. go. But they, they might have brought in um, Marsky in their top 30. And, but yeah, maybe Volkman. Like, I think that's a good signing for them next year. But um, I don't know. Daniel Alvaro has gone to Toulouse. How exciting. Toulouse. Yeah, I think so. Huge, Be cool, though. Huge, I'd love to do that. Like, if you were, why, like, if you were like a Daniel Alvaro, that's a, that's the type of move you make, right? Like, oh, hell yeah. see France for a year. Like, why not? Why wouldn't you? Come back and maybe a year or two later. Who knows? Yeah, Dolphins also signed JJ Collins, mate. And they got Ryan Jackson, who's here, who's a young fellow who I don't know much about, but yeah. You know who else plays for Toulouse? Who? Junior Vibai. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I've always um I've never understood those. I know not everyone wants to live overseas, but like if I was an average rugby league player, if you wouldn't do that. Like at not just England, like, to lose, you know? Yeah. You have to go to England. No, no like, England, yeah, you don't want to live in like the north of England and where it's all smoggy and gross, but I get that. It was like when James Sikiaro went there and he was like, that's a lot of ways. I love that story that he retold when he came back to Australia. He went there and his first week there, he asked the boys, where do you go fishing? And yep. they were like, what? <laughs> He's like, oh, like, you know, you go out on the lake and go fishing. They're like, no, <laughs> we don't, like, <laughs> no, you don't, you don't do that. Like, not just here, like, you know, don't do that in England, you know, yeah. like, the water's dirty. <laughs> Yeah, the water's dirty and cold, and it's cold. Like, because he's like one of those dudes. I didn't know this, but obviously one of those loves the outdoors, so he'd go fishing on his own and like, you know, in a little little boat and whatever all the time. And that was like yeah. he went to England and that happened his first week. He's like, I want to get the fuck out of. This is know. the thing, right? Like, dude, like, so I I jumped. I just clicked on Junior Vivo's Instagram while you were talking, and like, yeah. he's got a photo of him playing at Headingley last weekend, and then before that, there's a photo of him just in Porto for the weekend, and then yeah. there's a photo of him in front of the Eiffel Tower. It's like, yeah, that's it. Like I, I know, like like um, 
I feel like this guy before, but he might come back next year. Who knows? But Matt Parcell, when he went there, a lot of people were always like, why they let him go overseas? But it's like, from what I know, he's, he wanted to like play footy, but also live in Europe, you know, and travel. So you could either battle for a job here or make have better money there. Same money there, sorry, in, but like, yeah, live in France or England or travel Europe from those locations. Not bad. Yeah, I mean, 100% do it. Why not? Hell, mate, Why even not? bloody Tyro May had a good game. You get to play, yeah, play easy. Mate, he carved it. up. He's going to win Menace still. No, it was his only first good game of the year, but it was funny seeing um, Nathan Cleary, mate. Like, Panthers fans just want him to stop talking about him. He has a good game, and Cleary's already telling the media he wants Tyro back at Panthers. It's like, on you, Nathan. Yeah, I love that. Went to the beer launch for Nathan's new beer last week. That was fun. Did you? He wasn't there. Two, because he's doing the he's the beer weird ad, the, isn't it? Yeah, with Noles. No, but yeah, went to the thing with the two Vasa and Pedro. They gave me and Campo free beer. It was good. Good day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I think that's all the signing news. Any other news we've missed here? I don't think so. No. Magic round. Right. That's the real news. It is big week. Busy week. You gonna watch Gallon Box on Wednesday? Uh no. <laughs> you sure? Yeah. 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 yeah I'm, okay. I'm sure. All right. Hope he wins. He stormed out of the press conference today. It's great. Oh, that's a classic, isn't yeah. it? It was, yeah. Not at all premeditated, I'm sure. No. Mm. Did he get me to his face first and he stormed out? Like he, he stood over him. He's like, I'm not, not here to talk to you anymore. You've not done anything to promote this fight. Walked out. The other guy's really nice afterwards, though, which made it all made it like a lot funnier. So who's he who's he fighting? Know. He's fighting Chris as you have to use actually like a legit box. He's like eleven and one as a heavyweight. Which but... pub does he manage? Don't be a dick. <laughs> Where's he glassy? Can I visit him tonight down, down at the day at the dog? I don't know why you're being so flippant. He's from <laughs> Melbourne, you're, so no. Your close personal friend. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's fighting for a sandwich. Nah, it's a good fight. It's a card. <laughs> he's fighting okay. for a sandwich. Yeah, might be. <laughs> Can't rule it out. Mate, the stakes are higher for him. <laughs> he's fighting, <laughs> he's fighting he, just, he just wanted it more. <laughs> he wanted it more. <laughs> Four gun fighting for a paycheck. This guy fighting for his last him. No, 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 no. He's he's actually legit. It's gonna be a good fight. He's a legit fighter. All right. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs> <laughs>